You're listening to Between the Reads, a bi-weekly podcast that shines a spotlight on books by new and recently published authors. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Are you looking for a good read? Tired of being disappointed by trending books that don't live up to the hype? Maybe you're an aspiring author and feel like giving up on your writing? Stay tuned, book lovers and writers alike. This show is for you. Tiffany Richardson is the author of The Colored Line and Whispers of Africa. She is also co-founder of Big Black Chapters, dedicated to showcasing the literary contributions of Black writers, especially in the authors of color. Tiffany's accomplishments include being published in Publishers Weekly. She is a poet, a mother, and a fan of Shakespeare, tragic love stories, cheesy love stories, Michael B. Jordan, and wine. Tiffany, welcome to Between the Reads. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi, I think that's probably the shortest intro I have ever read for an author yet. (laughs) (laughs) You took my word seriously. I said, send a brief bio. You're like, okay, here you go, brief. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's always the hardest to to write about yourself. It is. It is. I hate writing about myself. So (laughs) let's get right on into this book, The Colored Line, because I have so many questions. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So the first one is, what was the inspiration behind this novel? Well, this story came to me. I actually wrote this, the original draft of this story, like almost 20 years ago. And um, I was a teenager and my, my my mother and my dad's side of the family, we're all from Louisiana. So we always okay. make trips back to Louisiana and it's about a five hour drive from where we are now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my mom and me and my brothers and my sister, we were all driving down to Louisiana and this random thought just popped in my head. I don't know. Maybe I watch too much TV or I'm just (laughs) super dramatic, but I just thought, you know, it's a lot of like um, rural areas and um, we're, you know, that's the South. So, you know, that idea just came in my head, like what would happen if my mom got pulled over and something happened to her? And I'm, I'm the oldest of me and my brothers and sisters. So, and I couldn't drive and I, you know, I didn't have a license. So, you know, that idea just of what would happen if a cop pulled us over and did something to my mom and what what would we do? What would happen to us and and as well as her? And so that is like, that was just the main idea that sparked the color line. <laughs> just a random, okay. random thought on a trip to visit family. Wow. That's very interesting. So... We have uh, several characters in this book. We have Nora, we have her dad, we have her mom, we have Spencer, and we have his dad and his mom, and then we have Jaden. Now, Nora, at the beginning of the book, she's eight years old, and her dad Mm -hmm. is a truck driver, and she begs him to let her go to work with him. And, of course, he always says no, but this time he says yes because it's just a local in-town trip. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're pulled over by the cops. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give anything away because I want people to experience it. But they, they're pulled over by the cops. And Nora and her mother's lives are changed forever. Yes. 
I'm not going to say why. Readers, you have to, and I'm going to be talking in code because I don't believe in book spoilers. So readers, yes. you just gonna have to go <laughs> get the book and figure out what we're talking about. Yes. Then the book fast forwards to Nora and she's a grown up and she decides to become a police officer. Yes. And she shares in the book why she became a cop. But why did you decide to have her become a cop? For me, this book represents a lot of full circle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, when I first wrote it, I didn't realize that was what I was doing. But after revisiting it, after the years when I originally wrote it, because when I first wrote it, I was only 18 years old. Wow. So I'm not even going to pretend like I was that deep and, you know, that thoughtful (laughs) and that worldly or wise to even try to make something full circle but it just that just so happened to be like I know I don't know if you've ever heard authors say that their characters just talk to them that was just her natural Uh, yeah that was her natural profession to go into after what happened to her when she was eight years old to just become a cop and and be a good a good person on the force and to be a good person period and just try to kind of affect change in her community and and in other people's lives so that what happened to her didn't happen to anybody else yeah and I know what you mean about talking about uh you know your characters talking to you because uh, my characters talk to me all the mm-hmm. time I actually had one of my characters in a book came to yeah. me in a dream and was like that is not my name change my name and I was like <laughs> no I'm not gonna change your name and yes. I have lied to you not I had writer's block until I changed his name and then the rest of the story came to me so yeah characters yeah. are annoying sometimes <laughs> yes they, they can be <laughs> okay so on her first day on Nora's first day on the job she's partnered with a white cop named Spencer and their first task mm-hmm. is to just get to know each other and things are a little awkward at first yes. but then it heats up between the two of them very quickly okay so they yes. they end up in a romantic relationship so now not only is she a cop a black cop with with all the the duality of that mm-hmm. but then she ends up dating spencer who is a white man and on top of that a white cop mm-hmm. that's a lot to process yes and they're and they're in the south and they're in the south <laughs> In Louisiana. That is a lot to process, especially now, given the current, you know, the climate of everything that we're going through with the Black Lives Matter and all of the police brutality and all of the, the, you know, the racial tensions that just seem to be, I mean, America was never really in a great place racially, but it seems to just be eroding even more now. So why did you have the two of them date in this book? The funny thing that's always really resonated with me with this story is its relevance. Because when I wrote it, the thing that I was trying to, how can I say this? The thing that I was trying to zoom in on was the fact that they were in an interracial relationship. Because when I wrote that, there were no books about interracial couples. And I was like, I'm going to write the first interracial Mm. book about interracial couples <laughs> wow. and, and so yeah when I wrote that book there were and, and you know now they're like everywhere and but I still I still felt like this story was relevant because uh, even though a lot of the stories are out there they gloss over that people still have an issue 
with interracial dating even now even though it's very commonplace and it's you know it's it's a lot more common and acceptable so that was the reason why I put them together in the book okay was because I that was that was my main goal for the conflict of the book was their interracial relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was that was I mean they yeah those characters were born to be an interracial couple and to tell uh, the story of an interracial couple in a small town in the South. It's interesting that that's what you originally wanted to focus on when you wrote the book, because now I'm, I'm looking at it from a completely like the interracial thing was a part of it. But for me, I'm zooming in on the, the, the police part of it. And that's what a lot of people now focus on. A lot of people now, like, I don't even want to read it because it's about cops. <laughs> but I've had people after they've read it, they're like, the way you humanized those characters and made us like those characters, even though we don't really necessarily like cops right now. But everyone tells me that they really, you know, related to those characters and it humanized and showed it, it showed the human side of cops in their everyday job. Mm-hmm. Because not all cops are bad cops. Not all mm-hmm. white people are bad people. Not all black people. You know, it's it's a generalization, mm-hmm. but everybody is not one thing. Very true. And it was hard for me because, you know, part of me is like, yeah, all cops are bad cops. Because if you're a good cop and you're not speaking up, to me, you're a bad cop. You know, so I'm like, my emotions were mm-hmm. like really, yeah. really tense through this whole thing. Because I'm like, because mm. at first when I saw that, when I was like, wait, because the way you described it in the beginning after what happened to her father and then you describe mm-hmm. her, the what she was putting on. I was like, I know this girl is not getting ready to put on a cop's uniform. <laughs> Are you serious right now? <laughs> and then with the black shoes and everything, I was like, "Oh man, she's yeah." She was getting her getting getting uniform ready. Oh, I was just like, "Why?" Like I had so many arguments in my mind with you about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, that's also why I really. I really like the Captain Blake character too, because mm-hmm. even though even though he's a cop, he really took on a parental role in her life. Mm-hmm. And you know, after what happened to her when she was eight, and right. he, he's another one that showcased the good the good side of the police force. Right, but what he did was wrong too. Yes, yes. <laughs> He did a little so hot with yeah. Him. He did a little meddling, especially when he at the end where like she confronted him and he admitted that he knew. Yeah, I was just like, whoa! Like, I don't think I think I might have walked out of that office and like never spoken to him. Again. <laughs> just ruined my life. I hate you. And that's why I think in that scene she was. So she was hurt and she was hurtful to him, you know, by telling her, you know, you're not my dad. You don't get to make these type of decisions for me. So, yeah, she was she was really hurt and betrayed by what he did, too. Even though he meant well. I, 
He did. He did. And like I said, readers, I know y'all sitting there like, what, what are y'all talking about? Like, you just have to go read the book. <laughs> Because I was having the hardest time coming up with questions because I was like, nope, I can't ask that because that's going to, nope, can't ask that because that's, nope, can't ask that. <laughs> you know, because I, I didn't want to yeah. give anything away. So, yeah, y'all have to, y'all have to read this book. Okay, so I like how you have Jaden, who is Nora's best friend. Mm-hmm. It's a black man. They met when she was, I think, 16 or was it younger than that? I, I believe they met when they were in middle school, like 14 middle or 15. School. Right. Yeah. Right. And they became best friends. He was really like her brother. And yes. uh, I just loved their relationship. I honestly thought that those two were going to like, like Spencer and her were going to break up. A, a lot of people did think that they were going to have something romantic. Mm-hmm. But I, it was it was really important to me for her to have a male figure in her life. That truly was just her friend. And I I kind of went back and forth with maybe, but I really, really wanted the focus of the love story to really be Spencer and Nora. Why did you feel it was important for her to have a just a, a platonic male friend in the story? Well, when I first wrote the story, mm-hmm. um, Jaden actually wasn't in a character in the book. I really? actually added Jaden... Like the like when I started redrafting it and re um editing it for publication, mm-hmm. Jaden is a character that I actually added to the story. Really? I think when I first wrote the story, it really literally just was Spencer Nora, her parents, and the police captain. And those were the only characters mm-hmm. in the book when I first wrote it. And then when I re- went to do the rewrites, you know, I just felt like I know I said the focus was on the interracial relationship, so I needed somebody to really show her mm-hmm. that, you know, I needed her to have somebody in her life that she could possibly lose based on this relationship. And that mm-hmm. person for her, it would never have been her mother, even though her mother had, you know, her doubts in the beginning and her her worries for her mother. It came from a more protective overprotective place because of all the things they had been through. With Jaden, it came from a more realistic reason of why people do have you know, their so-called problems with interracial dating. So I really wanted to have a character in the book that really addressed how some Black people view interracial dating. And then on Spencer's end, that character was it was the cop. It was the bad cop that he got into it with. Oh, that Hammond. Guy. I think I named him Hamilton. Hamil- yes. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on Spencer's end, that was his, you know, conflict with them dating. And then for Nora, it was Jaden. Mm-hmm. And Jaden was just that voice to go ahead and say, you know, why do people have a problem with, you know, interracial dating? And even more with Jaden, he was even more baffled. <laughs> because of what happened to Nora when she was younger. Right. Yeah. And that's where I was on his side. I was like, exactly. <laughs> like, I said that out loud. <laughs> when he was talking to her, I was like, exactly. Thank you. I was like, Jaden's the only one with sense in this daggone book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you put it in there because I don't think I probably would have accepted the story 
if you didn't have some kind of devil's advocate yeah. in there, like yeah, Jaden definitely was that. I'm gonna be blunt with you. I'm gonna tell you the real deal. I don't care if you get mad. I don't care if we fight about it. I'm gonna tell you how I really feel. <laughs> And he even ended up walking away for a while, and the two of them didn't talk for a long time. He did. He did. Now, I want to talk about the mothers for a minute, because I'm a little hot with you about both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Spencer had been telling his mom all about Nora, did not mention she was black, because he didn't feel it mattered. Okay, and then when he introduces... Nora to his mother she's a little taken aback which you can kind of see and you know and Nora picked up on it but she still treated her very nicely and they had a wonderful dinner and his mother fell in love with her Mm -hmm. now Tiffany come on is that realistic for for Spencer's mother yes for real life probably no like her his mother in real life probably would have had a, 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 you know, not a good reaction to his girl that he's been just going on and on about <laughs> being black. Right. But right. I, I also wanted to really with, with Cassie, I really, really mm-hmm. wanted her to be where Spencer got his good side from. And throughout the book, no matter what, you know, you may you go into it thinking, okay, Spencer, is something going on with him. He's something's Something's going to happen with Spencer the way he's going to betray her or he's going to be a bad guy. A lot of people, like my beta readers, they were just, they hated him like from all the way into the end of the book. They were like, he's going to betray her. He's going to do some racist stuff to her. He's going to set her up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's why I made Cassie, even though she had her, her issue, her issue was more so the same issue that Alice had that other people mm-hmm. are going to judge them and 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 be racist towards their relationship because of you know it being interracial. So mm-hmm. that was the reason why I made Kathy be ultimately okay with it because I wanted okay. to showcase where Spencer got all his goodness from. Cuz you know as we learn later he he could have turned out completely different. <laughs> Yeah, and on that note, Nora's mama, Mm -hmm. because when they're, okay, so without ruining the book, Nora and Spencer's relationship takes a turn for the worse because of something or someone, I should say, in Spencer's past, Mm -hmm. that in a conversation they're having that the intent is to really just kind of really get to know each other, this, this thing comes out, and they they it it tears them apart and when Nora is at home she's crying she tells her mother what's going on and her mother says that she needs to be with Spencer regardless of who is in his past Mm -hmm. now again Tiffany I was like I was (laughs) I was yelling at you so much at this point I was like no 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 that ain't even real like some aliens then took over her mama's body (laughs) because ain't no way any person that I know of is gonna be cool with their child dating somebody 
who you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so why did you do that? I needed her to be mad. I needed her to be mad. <laughs> I, I did that with Alice because she she was another person who is like like both Alice is kind of like both of my grandmothers. Both of my grandmothers are very spiritual. They're always either good in people and they're a pretty good judge of character. And Alice, even though she had her doubts about Spencer in the beginning, she really, really got a good view of him and how, you know, how you're you're with some, like maybe you're with your your partner and other people see stuff that you don't see. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you have that third party be able to see stuff that you necessarily wouldn't see. Alice would always see how Spencer was with Nora and how he would look at her, how he would you know, he's overly protective and he's, you know, he's just a good guy and he's sweet and he's kind and she just picked up on all of that and she just knew that even if he may have came from something, you know, that wasn't necessarily good, even even though that, I don't want to give away too much, even though that what, what the issue is, is mm-hmm. it really, it really does affect both Nora and Alice a lot. And maybe even Alice more so than Nora because of what was taken from her. But she she's very much a person of you can't put somebody else's sins on someone else. And so that was kind of why she canceled Nora to be with um with Spencer. Because they both knew. They both knew his true character and they both knew he was he was a good guy and it's not his fault of what what happened in the past with somebody else. I get what you're trying to do, but still <laughs> <laughs> if that was me, I'd be like, no, baby girl, we have to move on. You will be all right. I understand he loved you, but you're gonna be okay. Let's <laughs> If, if that was me, the way that this book would have turned after that, it would have been, you know, that Jer- Jaden would have been there and been like, I told you. And then the, those two would have gotten together. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just knew when he was in her room, asleep in her papasan chair after she had gotten the news and her mother had called him over i just knew that's what i was like yes they're gonna get together and then it didn't happen yeah i i purposely (laughs) i didn't want them i just i didn't want them because you know that's kind of predictable i I didn't want the love triangle aspect of it and i didn't want him to just be her default person. I really wanted him to be like that big brotherly, a true um, male and female relationship, friendship without any romantic entanglement. (laughs) Oh Lord, don't you use that word. Oh my God. Seriously? (laughs) I, I really wanted that for them. I really wanted her to have that and I, I wanted to really show that period because you don't see that a lot in in books or in movies it's always men and women if they're 
if they're not related, they have to have some kind of romantic involvement. I really wanted to show that men and women can really be just just strictly friends and really enjoy each other's company just for who they are and you know what they are to each other. And that was why I never really went there with Jaden. Like, even when I introduced them, I never had any intent on mm. them having any kind of romantic involvement. Yeah, I'm a little mad at you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the book, something happens to Spencer. And again, I'm not going to say what. Y'all really got to just read this book. Something happens to Spencer. And it's almost the reverse mm-hmm. of what happened with Nora's dad. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you're really trying to send a message in this book. So what might that message be, my dear? I'm trying to think of how I can explain it without ruining the story. The um, the <laughs> I really can't without <laughs> I really can't answer that without without giving away giving away the ending. It's, it's kind of like, like I said, full circle. Mm-hmm. And um, the sins of other people falling on other people. I know we've all heard that quote. I'm trying to paraphrase it to not give any real spoilers. <laughs> but it was kind of mm-hmm. like that because if when I first wrote it, um, what happened to her dad mm-hmm. The person who did it was mm-hmm. remorseful. When I rewrote it, mm-hmm. I made him be the same. He hadn't he hadn't changed. He hadn't learned anything. He was still oh. racist. He was still a bigot. He was still a bully. He was still all the bad things that he ever was. He still was. And so, so why did you change it? Why did you Why did you make him? I think I changed it because I the. The ending for Spencer actually changed too because when I originally wrote it, that was not Spencer's ending either. So I changed it because it it all lined up. When when he wasn't changed any, when he was still a bad guy and and even though he's a person from Spencer's past, he was still the same. He hadn't changed. He hadn't repented. He hadn't learned anything in all that time that he had been, you know, where he was. And right. that guilt and 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 those sins kind of fell upon Spencer. And that's kind of why, like I said, everything was like full circle. Her becoming a cop yeah. because of what happened to her dad, Spencer's and hers relationship ending the way it did because of what happened in his past. And they're they're both also it's a, it's a lot about Sometimes you just have to let things go. And neither one of them were good at that. Neither one of them were good at letting go of stuff that happened in their past. And because they weren't good at letting go of things that happened in the past, basically the past came and caught up with them. And they, you know, they were trying so hard not to be like the things that had been gone wrong for them in their past that they wound up kind of almost sabotaging themselves 
Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain it to her that I didn't give away anything. You did a good job. But I hope that makes sense to where I was I was trying to go Absolutely. with the story. Absolutely. And then you tore my heart out at the end of this book. <sighs> I'll, mine too, because Spencer is... What you mean yours too? You wrote the daggone book. You didn't have to write it like that. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I did. I was very upset about that because Spencer, he really was a good guy. He really, you know, he had no side agendas. No, he just really loved. He just really loved her. Well, why you do that? To and him? why you do that to him? <laughs> you have the pen, Tiffany. Why you? I do, I do. And like I said, when I originally wrote it, that was not, I, I always call this book my Nicholas Sparks novel because I was a big Nicholas Sparks fan. Mm. And when I originally wrote it, it was, it was happy-go-lucky romance. And then it just, it just turned into all these other different themes coming in and all these different ideas. And like I said, the characters just start talking to you on their own when, you know, when they get the momentum. And that was just. I have a hard time I... believing that Spencer came to you and said, <laughs> do this to me. No, no. Uh-uh. He didn't necessarily tell me to do, do that to him, but he that act that he did that got him in that situation, that he, he had to do that. Because he just, he couldn't see himself just sitting there. And letting what happened to Nora happen to somebody else. And I get and so that. That's how you wound up in that situation. Mm. Yeah. Just gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna get to the writing side of the show now. Okay. When did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? I really got into writing when I was in ninth grade. And I had an English teacher, and his name was Coach Ricky Paul. So if he's out there listening, he can take all the credit for <laughs> <laughs> my my interest in my writing career. And um, it started out with poetry. And, you know, he would have us write poetry and haikus and all that kind of stuff. And he, he told me I was really good and, and encouraged me and, he even made me like his teaching assistant because I was so good at it and helping other students. Wow. And, and so he really, yeah, he really like played a major role in pumping me up to believe that I I was a good writer to even try my hand at it. And then also my best friend gave me this little notebook. And I was like, what am I going to do with this notebook? I already had a diary and, you know, I didn't want to use it to write notes from school. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just, Try to write poetry in here. So I'll, I'll credit Coach Paul and I'll credit my best friend <laughs> for me starting out being a writer. And from the poetry, it just kept, it went from poetry to writing lyrics to writing short stories to eventually just writing full, full novels. Wow. That's great. That's great. So what surprised you the most? about writing the colored line? Hmm. What surprises me the most is I, normally probably that people actually like it. 
I'm I'm very always, you know, you always have that doubt that you're not good at something and writing writing has been one of those things that I, I've always known that I'm I'm pretty decent at. Okay. And so to have people read it and and get feedback like, you know, you were saying how you were responding to it on um Instagram and I was just like, Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> she really likes it. So, you know, I was I was, you know, that that's always a part that kind of surprises me that people actually read my stuff and, and it resonates and they they like it and enjoy it. Aww. Of course. I loved it even though you tore my heart. I've had my face wet with tears. I was like, oh my God, how could she do like it was just one thing after another. I was like, oh my God, I can't handle this right now. <laughs> so tell us how you came up with the title, the colored line. What's that all about? The color line that was a play on the interracial relationship. And you know, like I don't know if it was just in the South or anywhere, but okay. you know, black people were called colored. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the color line was basically a play on their racial divide in their relationship. Mm. Like they were crossing the line, and the line that they were crossing was the color line. So I just that was just a title that came to me for whatever reason. Hmm. It was just basically a play on words. Okay. So were any of these characters inspired by people you know? Um, Alice is definitely a mix of both of my grandmothers. Nora's dad, his profession as a truck driver, one of my uncles is a truck driver. Just just little things about each of them kind of incorporated maybe from people or things that I know. Nora is definitely, I won't say all the way like me, but she's a lot like me. And Spencer is just, Spencer just my dream guy, basically. <laughs> 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 he just, Spencer was just, you know, he was just a good, just a good guy. So Spencer's definitely one of my favorite characters that I've ever, ever written. He's he just really. He's a really good, well-rounded character, I think. Okay. Okay, he is. I like I like Spencer a lot. And I'm mad that you made me like him, too, because I was like, mm, he a cop, I don't want to like him. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play when he came, came to no, know him. He, he really didn't. didn't. He didn't. That's why I was just like, why you do that to him? I, I'm not, come on now. <laughs> so what does success as a writer look like for you? Um. I would definitely like to just really reach a, a have my own fan base like you know like a I don't even want to say her name because she's really not popular right now but <laughs> um, who else can I name you know just like a, a, a James Baldwin or like have my own Azor Neale Hurston like just have my own tribe that hey that Tiffany Richardson book is coming out I have to go get it like that for me kind of looks like success where you have your diehard fan base of course I'd like to be on you know some of the bestseller lists Mm -hmm. or you know getting awards but for me like the best part of, of writing is actually writing because it's 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 a release and it's I get my creativity out that way and it, it's really calming. And then the feedback from people who who read it and really enjoy 
and resonate with the people that I've just made up in my head. That that really to me is it really means a lot to me to receive feedback like that. Okay. That's that's good goals to have. Good goals to have. So tell our readers, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat for a minute here. Mm-hmm. Tell our readers two interesting things about yourself that you don't mind sharing with the world that people may just not even know about you. Two interesting things about myself. Uh, one, I know American Sign Language. Really? I do. Um, and I'm, I'm really not that interested. I, I can also <laughs> I can also hold a little notes. I can sing a little bit. Can you really? I can't. <laughs> now you know I should put you on the spot and be like, hey, get something for us. <laughs> Come on, say, give me, give me a couple of notes there, Tiffany. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. See how I did that? I threw you right. I know. I know. I know. Jeez, <laughs> uh, now what can I sing? Oh, mm. hmm. sing song. I don't know. Jeez Louise, you really put me on the spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Boy, I'm in love with you, but this ain't the honeymoon. Past the infatuation phase. We're right in the thick of love. At times we get sick of love. Seems like we argue every day. I hang up, you call, we rise and we fall, we feel like just walking away, and as our love advances, we take second chances, though it's not a fantasy, I still want you to stay with just ordinary people, we don't know which way to go. Cause we're ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Take it slow. Slow. This time we'll take it slow. Hopefully that wasn't too bad. Oh my gosh. Like, I literally just sat back in my chair with my mouth open. (laughs) Wow. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You know, because usually sometimes people say they can sing. You just like, okay. I'm like, Horrible. I was like, if it's, it's bad, I'll just, I'll just. Like, yeah, girl, no, you are, you are tone deaf, ma'am. <laughs> girl, you got some pipes. Thank you. Wow. I, I don't even know what to do. I should just end the show right there. That's wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So I, it's hard to come down from that. Okay. So, <laughs> Wow. Okay, so you're co-founder of Big Black Chapters. Why don't you tell our readers a little bit about what that is? Uh, Big Black Chapters. It was. Um, it is. It basically started out as a Facebook group, 
me and my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a group for indie authors of color mm-hmm. to come and network and get information and exchange ideas and thoughts and um you know business plans or business opportunities or just share you know their marketing experience Mm -hmm. and um it blossomed into a website so we have a website now and when you type in indie authors of color we come up number one big black chapter wow Um, we've actually started working with publishers weekly wow and we also just partnered with Lulu for um, editing services. Wow! So there's a lot of opportunities coming our way from 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 this, and we just we just really want to showcase. We we feel like that indie authors of color get pigeonholed. They're always urban fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, just because we're black doesn't mean we're just urban fiction. We write thrillers and romance and sci-fi and. We write the spectrum of everything just like mm-hmm. our counterparts. So that was really our main mm-hmm. basis for Big Black Chapters to showcase all the sides of authors of color and hopefully, you know, just make our own mm-hmm. our own space, our own safe space for us to discuss and answer our questions or get ideas. And like today, you know, I was in the group and people were asking for help on their synopsis and it's just a really good community mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, surprisingly mm-hmm. gets along really well with over almost like 3000 members in that group. Wow. People are, are really supportive and really helpful to each other. And I just think that's a really great thing and a great resource mm-hmm. for us to have because, you know, sometimes when you go in other places with people who don't look like us, our questions are deemed you know, redundant or silly Mm -hmm. or, you know, we don't, you know, everybody doesn't know everything. So I don't think that there is a dumb question. I think I encourage people in the group to ask whatever they need to ask. And if I don't personally go find it myself, hopefully somebody in the group can come in and and help them and help them figure out how to navigate whatever it is they're looking to figure out. And so you said you have the website and the Facebook. Um... We have a website and Facebook. We're on all the we're on all the social medias: Twitter, Instagram. We have our own website. Okay. Raquel and I are also um, reviewers for Publishers Weekly, and we just mm-hmm. partner with Lulu because they're like changing their interfacing. So they just connected with us and added us as a partner on their page. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. So if there's one piece of advice that you could give to aspiring writers, being that, you know, you, you have all these people in this, in, in big black chapters, that's a lot of, that's a lot of 3000 people. That's a lot of people. So what is a piece of advice that you would give to aspiring writers? The piece of advice I always give like a broken record is write, write what you want to read because Mm -hmm. If you write what you want to read and you write it in your authentic voice and not try to sound like anybody else or, you know, emulate anybody else's success, but stick to your personal, not necessarily beliefs, but your personal writing style and ability and your writing voice, 
your tribe will find you. People who like what you say or what you feel or what you embody into your character, your tribe will find you. People will you will find people who just love your work because it's it's yours and there's no other voice like yours. It might be a story like yours, but it's not gonna be in your voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Authenticity. Yeah. You have to be authentic. So why don't you tell our readers where they can find you on social media? You yourself as well as Big Black Chapters. Me myself, all of my social medias are under at TB the writer. T as in Tiffany, B as in boy, the writer. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then the Big Black Chapters is going to be at Big Black Chapters on, on all the same social media platforms. And then the website is just www.bigblackchapters.com. All right. How'd you come up with the name, Big Black Chapters? Well, <laughs> Raquel actually came up with that name. Okay. <laughs> Raquel is yes she came up with that name because she writes erotica (laughs) oh my goodness okay (laughs) so it was kind of a play it was kind of a play on Uh you know yep i got it (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good and it's always funny when people when people are in the group they're like i never realized that this can this this sounds like this and I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny <laughs> well Tiffany we have come to the end of our show and I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and your talents with our readers out there today your book is wonderful thank you. I appreciate being invited. I had fun. I really, really appreciate you inviting me on the show. I can't wait to hear it back. (laughs) I'm just glad that you were glad to be on the show. And I'm just, you know, I'm probably going to make that little singing part, the sound bite for the promo. because (laughs) (laughs) You got some pipes, girl. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And booze and bros, I'm going to leave you all with a quote from the late great Maya Angelou, who says, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. Until next time, y'all, you know what to do. Grab a book and read, and I'm out. You've been listening to Between the Reads. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode was brought to you by loyal Patreon supporters, romance author D.L. White, whose books you can find at booksbydlwhite.com, Xanthine's All Natural Products, which you can find at xanthines.com, that's X-A-N-T-H-I-N-E-S.com, and by The Ultimate in Urban Literature, Paper Chase Publications, which you can find at paperchasepublications.com. Tune in next week for another great episode.